Now, the wealth protection diva is a successful entrepreneur, business owner, and premier business strategist, president and CEO of Sage International Incorporated, and a national speaker, best-selling author, and motivational teacher of financial education, business development, and wealth protection strategies, the joys and frustrations of being a business owner. Her insights are motivating, her frankness inspiring. Here is Sherry Hill. Customer satisfaction horror stories are everywhere. We've all come to expect less than optimal service, despite the claims that we live in a service economy. It's tempting to join the chorus of complainers, and no one will criticize you if you do. But we can also look at the state of affairs from another viewpoint, as an opportunity. The upside potential for those who give good service is unlimited. By making the process of customer satisfaction a part of our daily lives, we can virtually guarantee our professional and career success. Broadly speaking, the term customer, in my mind, is a person with whom we exchange value. So it would follow that no business or organization, such as government agencies, civic organizations, schools, service clubs, and religious congregations can succeed without building customer satisfaction and loyalty. My guest, Larry Williams, is the author of three business books on small business management, customer service, and personal development. He is a frequent keynote presenter, TED speaker, and veteran radio broadcaster. So, welcome, Larry. Thank you, Sherry. Thank you for having me. Well, in your book, Customer Service A to Z, I noticed that entertainment legend Dick Clark wrote the foreword. So let's start with how did that come about? It was interesting, uh, Sherry. I actually was working at a radio station, and uh, a guy walks into the radio station one day, and his name was Rob. He hands me his business card. He was a realtor, and he said, are, are you hiring? I said, well, not at this time. We're not, but I'll pass your name along to the boss, and he'll keep it on file. Well, one thing led to another. We had that we didn't hire for a long time. So a year went by and I still had his card. So I actually own and operate a mobile entertainment company. So this is where I do a lot of emceeing and DJ work outside of the radio station. So when I was looking to expand, I decided to uh, contact this guy. I thought, well, I need another MC. So I brought him along. I asked him, hey, listen, we're not hiring at the radio station, but we, you know, I'm going to hire with my own private business. Would you be interested in doing some MC work and DJing? And he said, that'd be great. So over the course of a year, I started training him. Now, I'm going to backtrack a little bit because uh, before I hired him, I had met Dick Clark up at a uh, event up at Lake Tahoe. He had a show up at Harvey's called Dick Clark's American Bandstand Live at Harvey. So I was part of the press corps that covered that. Of course, he was my idol. So just the fact that I got to meet him, got to take a picture with him, I was so thrilled. A picture hung in the radio station, a picture hung in my office at home. I have pictures all over because I got to meet Dick Clark, my hero. So anyways, um, so I hire Rob going through all the processes of, of training him in this sort of thing. And then one day, as I was headed out to the radio station, I was bringing, I brought a sound system with me, equipment, because I was going to drop it off at Rob's house. He was to do an elementary school dance the very next day. So I'm dropping it off at his garage. He says, Larry, come over here. I want to show you something since I know you're a fan. I'm thinking, fan of what? He walks me through the kitchen, down a hallway, into the living room, and he takes a picture off the uh, uh, entertainment center, hands it to me, and it's a picture of him and his wife with Dick and Carrie Clark. I said, oh, wow, cool. You met Dick Clark, too. 
He says, well, I'm just a little bit closer than that. I said, what do you mean, Rob? He says, well, Carrie's my sister and Dick's my brother-in-law. Oh, my. (laughs) (laughs) And my jaw is like hitting the floor. I'm all, what? He goes, Carrie's my sister and Dick's my brother-in-law. And I, and mind you, I'm just like in shock. I've got Dick Clark's brother-in-law on my payroll, and he's showing me pictures of, of Dick and the kids rolling around on the very carpet. I'm standing, I'm thinking, Uncle Dick? He's all, yeah. <laughs> and I said, you're, you're related to rock and roll royalty. He says, he's just my brother-in-law. Wow. That's <laughs> so, awesome. So I got to know him through that. It was a correspondence that took place and then an exchange of meetings and that sort of thing where I just got to be friends, and I ended up becoming Dick Clark's personal DJ and MC for nearly 20 years. And when I asked him to write the foreword, he uh, graciously accepted the offer and, and wrote me a great foreword. And, and it's a book based on uh, a lot of the principles that he's known for, Absolutely. a lot of the ethical standards that, that he's had in place for years. Awesome. Well, let, well, let's talk about that because Customer Service A to Z is the book that you wrote. And, you know, how many business owners truly identify with the fact that, you know, whether they realize it or not, they do, in fact, have a customer service model. And most of it's by trial and error. Not not all of them go, put their employees through a you know rigorous training program at customer service. I think most people, probably in our listening audience, learn customer service uh, a by what they see um, by visiting different establishments and places, and uh, b by trial and error. We get we all get our first jobs in in retail and fast food. You know, at the age of sixteen, and there is no great customer service training program that most places have. So it's a matter of just watching what the other person does or listen to what your boss says. But the book that I wrote, and I'm really proud of the fact now looking back, because I wrote it in 2011, and here we are years later, and it's still, you know, what I'm most proud of, it's 100% still applicable in every way, shape, or form, because it's based on traditional standards. And my philosophy about the book and what I put in there is it's the minor imperfections that we all have in our in our customer service model and the way we present ourselves that are off-putting to customers. So not necessarily, uh, there are every once in a while, egregious things that go terribly wrong. But those are few and far between. You as a customer walking into a coffee shop can be just as put off by something simple, by somebody behind the counter who's talking to their friend on the phone and not helping you. Or if you're in a diner and your coffee cup is not being filled up regularly enough, you have to you know, put your hand up and go chase down a server to get your coffee filled. Just little things that are off-putting that is what is keeping people from you know, wanting to engage with us. Right. This is Sherry Hill. You're listening to The Sherry Hill Show with guest Larry Williams, who wrote one of his books, Customer Service A to Z. I like this track you're going down, Minor Imperfections, because you're right. We often think of the big rocks, right, right? of, you know, here's the, the process, here's our, you know, return policy, all this stuff, which is great. To think about and implement, but it's those instant minor imperfections that have lasting impact. And you gave some great examples. Tell tell us a little more about that. Well, let me give you another fun little example that I use uh, in my seminars and such, where I where I list like, the ten you know biggest things about customers are how to improve your customer service skills overnight. And the first one is get a good night's sleep. And people look at me like, what the heck does that have to do with customer service? Well, for starters, there there's a reason why uh, you know 
fabulous virtuoso musicians don't rock climb. Okay, their hands are their instrument. Okay, they're not going to do anything to mess that up. And you, as an employee, have a responsibility to your employer. Let's say it's Monday morning. You work Monday through Friday. You have a responsibility to arrive on time for the start of your day and be ready to hit the ground running. You don't. We we as an employer, them as customers, don't necessarily need to you know get up to speed and wait for you to uh, get with it for a couple hours because you need your cup of coffee and you're dragging and you were you know you know so hung over from the night before. So just a simple thing is get a good night's sleep. A rested employee is one who is more uh, apt to hit the ground running. Well, also because you have more patience, That's right. you're not exhausted, and you're not snapping back at people you're because you're – exactly. Yeah. Give us one more of those. Well, dress appropriately. Um, customers – you know, will respond to the mannerisms and the way you act. They'll respond to your body language. They'll respond to, you know, the way you look. And, you know, if you look a little disheveled, <laughs> if you have that Linus look, you know, people are going to be a little bit less to approach, you know, less inclined to approach you on the sales floor. So just the, just the manner in which the way you carry yourself, the way you dress appropriately and look interested, that, that shows them that you value them and you want to engage. If, if again, you don't dress well or you're you're not, you know, perfectly aligned to, to look well, they're not going to approach you. Anybody not wanting to approach you is a flaw in your customer service model. Telephone, because a lot of businesses now are more virtual. We spend a lot of time on the telephone. Smile. They, a, a customer can uh, see and hear the intonation in your voice simply by the way you smile on the phone. Uh, slow down. Talk. Listen more than you talk. Okay. Uh, listen what the customer has to say. Uh, customer, I, uh, there, there's, there's a saying: the customer is always right. Well, we know the customer isn't always right, but you know what? Their opinion always matters. So that's why I tell people: forget the customer's always right thing. The customer's opinion always matters. So even if they're not right, what they have to say is important for us to respond to. So whether it's on the phone or in person, you know, value what they have to say, be a good listener, find the right people who can fix or solve a problem. But uh, on the phone, smile. Don't take it all personal. In that moment of interaction, especially if it's over telephone or even in, you know, face-to-face, I have no idea, and the person I'm interacting with has no idea what we just experienced in the last 30 seconds or one minute before we showed up for this interaction. Right. I mean, you, they could have gotten a phone call that says, I want a divorce. <laughs> and now all of a sudden, they got to hand you the dry cleaning. Oh, yeah. You know, and so it's, it's one of those, you don't have to take it personal. Right. Because that's a beautiful, you know, marble desk, crystal chandeliers, everybody's dressed nice. A hotel desk clerk is an easy job. And really, it's not because you think everybody who's coming up to your counter is doing so because they're on vacation. It's a lovely time. And uh, it's one of those things they've been waiting to attend a conference all year. But really, hotel desk clerk is like one of the toughest jobs because you're dealing with so many people that have so many things going on. They, they've been on travel maybe for 15 hours, lost luggage, missed flights, kids kicking the back of their seat where they can't sleep, and they just want to get to their room. So you can't paint everybody with a broad brush. We come back. I want to talk to Larry about his experience with delivering a TED Talk and how he developed an idea worth spreading. This is Steve Aussie from steveaussieausc.com. Tune into the Sherry Hill Radio Show right here on 99.1 FM Talk Radio. Sherry Hill is fantastic. Thank you, Sherry. 
Why should you do business with Sage International Incorporated instead of filing a corporation or LLC on your own? Or worse, using one of those $99 plus state fee sites? Well, first, you actually get to talk with someone who is going to work directly with you to develop a business strategy that is tailored specifically to the business you want to start. Second, unless you know what questions to ask, how do you know if the entity you choose will actually do everything you think it should? Like protect your assets and significantly reduce your taxes. For over 20 years, Sage International Incorporated has helped thousands of business owners put the proper foundation under their dream. If you want to get started on the right business track, schedule your free 30-minute consultation today. Call 1-800-254-5779. That's 1-800-254-5779. Or visit sageintl.com. SunTech Solar Screening adds elegance, comfort, and privacy to your home. 352-9396. SunTech Solar Screens block up to 90% of the sun's heat and glare. SunTech Solar Screening proudly features Pfeiffer Screening Products. 352-9396. SunTech Solar Screening combines expert craftsmanship, attention to detail, and state-of-the-art materials to deliver a precision fit of heat-repellent technology. SunTech Solar Screening adds comfort and style to your home all summer long. Call for a free estimate and you'll feel the difference immediately just by holding up the SunTech solar screen. Don't suffer any longer as temperatures soar into the 90s and 100s. 3529396. Senior citizen and military discounts. SunTech solar screens pay for themselves with lower cooling costs all summer long. Make shade while the sun shines. Call SunTech solar screening for a free estimate. 3529396. SunTech solar screening. Each TED and TED Global Conference features more than 50 of the world's most innovative and influential speakers. They search year-round for presenters who will inform and inspire, surprise, and delight. In June 2015, my talented guest, Larry Williams, a Reno resident, was flown to Loveland, Colorado to give a TED Talk at the TEDx Front Range event. Larry is a veteran broadcaster with an amazing story. He is one of the few successful radio personalities in the nation that never applied for the job. He was discovered. His casual stroll into an FM station in 1990 changed his life forever. Within months, he was hosting popular community-oriented broadcasts and interviewing everyone from the Vice President of the United States to A-list celebrities. His radio career opened many doors for him in journalism, advocacy, business, and professional speaking. So, Larry, fun fact, he is this month's keynote speaker for our local Win Breakfast meeting on August 26th, so I'll absolutely see you there, and anyone that wants to learn more, visit his website, LarryPresents.com. So, all right, let's talk about TED and your talk. You really did your homework. <laughs> you <laughs> you found all that stuff. I'm, I'm amazed. That's great. Uh, TED was great. Uh, I've wanted to do one a TED talk for a long time. Uh, it was just something that these are short little, you know, like you know, keynote vignettes, and they're, they're small talks. They're, they're anywhere from you know six to eight minutes to eighteen minutes, which is the TED length. But uh, we've seen them. We've seen them here locally. We've seen them across the U.S. Everybody's seen videos, and these ideas that people come up with are just mind-blowingly cool. And they don't have to be professional speakers. Some of the best ideas and things you can find just come from 
uh, individuals that, that have little storefronts or they don't have to be in, even in business. They're just ideas that, again, worth spreading. So I, I was thrilled when I got the call from TEDx Front Range to, to come on down and, and share a little bit of my radio story, my B-side story, and a, a very special thing that was close to my heart of community involvement. And uh, that's where I hope I can, you know, with my talk, I hope it gets people thinking along the lines of being more involved in their community. Absolutely. But let's kind of peel it back because, okay. you know, I've, I'm constantly being approached. Mm-hmm. Thank you, world. You know, I should be doing a TED Talk. Right. And as I was mentioning in the break, you know, it's real easy for me to go teach or speak or talk about the stuff that I know. It's that idea worth spreading, this weird twist on a thought or an idea that has to be formulated and certainly the goal is to have impact or discussion around that. And so that's what I've always struggled with. So at what point did you go, wow, I'm on to something. I think this is worth doing a a speech on. As I talk to a lot of friends of mine who have done TED Talks, uh, the one thing that they kept coming back to me with is you got to speak, number one, from experience, and it's got to be a story that has an emotional significance to everyone. So it's kind of a, a little bit of a tightrope because you got to find uh, a certain you know little thing that you feel that they can not necessarily use or steal that in their personal lives, but something that is an idea that they can say, I can you know, apply that to what I do and then run in a different direction with it, which is fine. So that that's what my story was. It was just a, a community involvement story about a, a local girl who was kidnapped. And what I learned from that and how it came back around and and also, I, I, I train with different people. I, I train with a lady by the name of Kathy Armelis, who's a TED coach. And one of the things that she talked about was the aha moment is uh, where the audience experiences your moment of discovery. So it's really nice to put together that story and weave it into a manner in which they finally, at the very end or somewhere in the middle, go, oh, my gosh, where it clicks. You need that click. You need that moment. So, But, but I think everybody has a story. Everybody has something that they've learned that could be helpful to somebody else. So you don't have to be, you know, like I say, a CEO or you don't have to be a small business person. You could just be you could be a high school kid and have something passionately happen to you or happen to you. It could be bullying or something that you've you know, learned and grown with that could help other people. Right. And, and what's nice is the expectation is this is not a, a foray of professional speakers. Oh, it God. truly is. And oh. every age, every discipline, you name it. And for most of us, we haven't had an experience where we had to land a 747 on the Hudson River. Right. Right. right, right, right. So, Good example, too. Good example. So, you know, how do you – so then it comes back down to – you're right. We all do have some interesting story or aspect or experience that we came through, hopefully on the positive side, and maybe there is that one nugget or one kernel, and that's all they're looking for. This is not education later out of bullet points of right. of of a powerpoint right, right, right. well be, being a professional speaker can almost be the kiss of death too so <laughs> well that's been my problem <laughs> 
I, I, well, the whole, the whole concept, I think, behind TED is to find regular everyday people. And uh, I'll tell you, personally, I actually applied for both the uh, uh, TED groups here in Reno, and they passed on me, which kind of hurt my ego a little bit. But in the end, I had some great conversations with some of the organizers, and they gave me some great advice and said, search for a TED group that is more aligned and you know would really love your story that is more aligned with what you're looking for. And I did. I when I when I found TEDx Front Range, um, wonder and wisdom was the a theme they were running with, and the whole B sides wonder and the whole wisdom theme uh, really fit perfectly. And they saw the fit as well. And I was really honored because I asked for six to eight minutes, and they read my outline and, and such, and they gave me eighteen minutes, which is the full TED length. And usually when there's a TEDx uh, event, which is usually an all day event at most places, um, there's usually one, two, maybe three speakers that get the full TED length, which is 18 minutes. And I asked for six to eight, but they were they they were so grateful that it fits so well with their community theme. They said, can you do 18 minutes? I said, sure. So that was a huge honor for me. And and, and when I don't take lightly, I'm, I'm great, very grateful and appreciative for it. Awesome. This is Sherry Hill. You're listening to the Sherry Hill Show with guest Larry Williams. We're talking about his TEDx talk that he gave out at TEDx Front Range in Loveland, Colorado. When they said, sure, 18 minutes, well, you and I know, because we are professional speakers, those shorter speeches are much harder to get to that. You know, how do you take people in 18 minutes through the story, the emotion, the hook, the, you know, (laughs) six minutes might have been Toastmaster speech, right? Right. No, it was was a tough one. Well, I rehearse. I'm a big fan of rehearsing and I don't rehearse. I don't script anything. Uh, everything is bullet points, and I just rehearse. I rehearse the stuffed animals, my my poodles, and uh, <laughs> everything else. My, I mean, literally, I got this thing down to 17 minutes and 55 seconds by the time it was all said and done. So I came in five seconds under that 18-minute mark. But my advice for anybody who's doing such a thing is is to rehearse um, and and maybe even practice to a small audience occasionally once you get it perfected. Let's say you're doing an eight-minute uh, TED Talk is to – and you could even you know rehearse at Toastmasters or whatever. What I did – in my case, is once I had it, you know, down pretty well where I wanted it, and we're about three weeks out from the event, is I took it to my daughter's uh, um, eighth grade parochial school. <laughs> now, there's an audience. <laughs> if, if, you can, if you can captivate, you know, uh, eighth graders without them falling asleep for 18 minutes, you got something. And I actually asked for feedback. So I had, you know, I did two different classes of like 30, 35 kids and I asked them for feedback out. What would you change? What would you do differently? And they were really captivated, especially since mine is about B-sides, which is a vinyl record, which they've never even seen before. <laughs> you know, just the fact they, that they found they it They didn't have that relationship. No, so yeah, clarify so, that, the right. B-side, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so so I, had, I had to hold up a record during during that one. I didn't do it during the TED Talk, but I actually held up a vinyl record. I said, for you younger people, we used to play music on these things years ago and they're looking at this thing like it's some sort of a strange <laughs> foreign object like a flying saucer it's like no really there's music on here (laughs) that's funny that's awesome well what did that do for your career then well you know i didn't i never really went into it with the aspect of i do a ted talk all of a sudden i'm gonna start getting you know more calls for keynote presentations i think what it did it, it helped 
me a lot because it helped me share a story that I don't often share from the stage, okay? But it's more of a personal thing. And I think being personal uh, in that moment with, with a TED group like that is really important. Uh, so more than anything else, it, it helped me share something that I wanted to share that I don't often do. But I think the audience hopefully you know took something out of it that, you know what, I can apply this to my life, even though they're not going to do the same kind of situation in community involvement that I did. Hopefully it motivated some people to get out there in their community and do something they, that they normally wouldn't do. And I love this because I even saw on the news last night, we're seeing, you know, high school kids and stuff doing this all the time. I saw a, a girl on, on uh, KOLO uh, TV last night and she makes cupcakes <laughs> and, and she decided to make cupcakes and, and uh, all the proceeds go into a charity. I mean, what a great thing to do. So if my story inspired some people along the way to get more community involved that's the reward awesome well and if anybody wants to see your ted talk they can go out to your website larry larrypresents.com take a look at it i remember when you first did it you sent me an email and said look at look what i did i was i was so proud because i've known you for a long time and And, of course, we don't always know what everybody's doing, so I was thrilled that you got to do a TEDx, and it's just another feather in the quill. It is. I want to talk to Larry about his thoughts on how you stand out from the crowd, as he calls it, develop your B-side, which is based on reinvention and creativity. This is Jeanette K. Bells, president of J.K. Bells & Associates. Tune in to the Sherry Hill Show right here on 99.1 FM Talk Radio. Sherry Hill is the wealth protection diva. Sherry Hill is dynamic and a great information source. Thank you, Sherry. So, you're thinking about buying investment real estate. Getting the right mortgage is a critical part of your decision. This is Lou Carr, branch manager of Summit Funding in Sparks, Nevada. With today's extremely affordable mortgage interest rates, you have the opportunity to step into what could be the best investment purchase you'll ever make. How do you go about it? First, get pre-approved with a mortgage lender like Summit Funding. Then, find the right property at the right price. Summit Funding is ready to talk with you about getting a mortgage to purchase real estate. Visit summitfunding.net slash L-C-A-R-R or call 775-626-0775 for personal service. This is Lou Carr from Summit Funding, NMLS number 258750. Thank you. Summit Funding is an equal housing lender. Sage International Incorporated sparks and fuels the entrepreneurial spirit by providing the strategies, information, education, tools, resources, and ongoing support services that will lay a solid foundation under a business owner's dream. If you're thinking of starting a business and you're not sure where to begin, Sage International Incorporated offers a free 30-minute consultation. Call 1-800-254-5779. That's 1-800-254-5779. Or visit sageintl.com.
SunTech Solar Screening adds elegance, comfort, and privacy to your home. 352-9396. SunTech Solar Screens block up to 90% of the sun's heat and glare. SunTech Solar Screening proudly features Pfeiffer Screening products. 352-9396. SunTech Solar Screening combines expert craftsmanship, attention to detail, and state-of-the-art materials to deliver a precision fit of heat-repellent technology. SunTech Solar Screening adds comfort and style to your home all summer long. Call for a free estimate and you'll feel the difference immediately just by holding up the SunTech solar screen. Don't suffer any longer as temperatures soar into the 90s and 100s. 3529396. Senior citizen and military discounts. SunTech solar screens pay for themselves with lower cooling costs all summer long. Make shade while the sun shines. Call SunTech solar screening for a free estimate. 3529396. SunTech solar screening. If you have comments about today's show or any questions, please email sherry at sherryhillshow.com. Every day we read, watch, and hear from experts in our field. When the media needs an expert's perspective, they reflexively reach out to these individuals. They're widely admired, and they seem to turn up everywhere you look. Did you ever wonder how these folks made it big? Are they just smarter and more energetic than the rest of us? What's the secret to reaching as wide an audience as these industry stars? My guest, Larry Williams, offers a powerful original strategy for self-improvement you don't hear anywhere else your B-side reinvention. As a veteran radio broadcaster, member of the National Speakers Association, and author of several books, including his newest, Develop Your B-Sides, in which he shares a methodology the music industry used for years to create rock stars and chart-topping songs. So, Larry... You did a talk, TEDx in Colorado, now you've written this book, and you're going to be presenting on this topic at our local Win Breakfast on August 26th. It seems you're on a path to help people understand the importance of reinvention so that we discover, develop, and share what makes us unique so that we stand out from the crowd. Well, the idea behind this book probably never was going to happen. <laughs> this is this is like the the it's like the greatest kept secret in the music industry, and I had no intention of writing about it. So I'll share with you how it came about. Uh, what happened is I was at a NSA uh, conference. Now this is the National Speakers Association. We're the we're the group that talks, not the one that listens. Okay, so I was at an NSA conference, my very first one in 2013. Now remember, I wrote the book Customer Service A to Z in 2011. So we're attending this conference. It's I think day two or three of the conference, and. I sit down at a general session. Uh, a lady, I'm walking by, and a lady says, oh, come here and sit down. What's your name? We exchanged pleasantry. Her name was Lori, Lori Guest. And I, I just met her for the first time. And she said, what did you think of the morning session? I said, well, I, I kind of missed it. She said, you missed it? Where were you? Were, were you sleeping in or what? I go, no, I had, and this is in Philadelphia, by the way. I had to take a, I told her I had to take a subway down to 45th and Market Streets at 8 in the morning. She's all, Why? I said, well, you know, I, I, 
I'm, I'm a big fan of Dick Clark. I was friends with him, and I wanted to see where they filmed American Bandstand, the WFIL studios. I'm a radio guy, so it's like I wanted to go see where all this happened. I'm in Philadelphia, never been there before. She's all, okay, why? I said, I had to go see it. I just had to see it. So I, I've never been on a subway, and I was really scared and you know to do this, but I did it. I went all the way down there, toured the facility, came back by noon, and was in that general session. And she started talking to me. She goes, what do you speak on? I go, I speak on customer service. And I was really proud. You know, I wrote this book on customer service. And I told her, Dick Clark wrote the forward. That's why I wanted to go see the WFIL studios. She goes, and she started asking me more questions about my radio career, my broadcasting career. And she says, why are you speaking about customer service when you got all this history in broadcasting and you were, you know, you know, Dick Clark and all this stuff. I said, well, that's radio. That's my old profession. Nobody wants to hear that. She said, no, everybody wants to hear that. I'm all, really? She says, that's what differentiates you from everybody else. There's a million people out there that speak on customer service, but nobody has your story. I'm all, oh, okay. (laughs) So I got to thinking about this personal development mechanism that I used for years. I used for years this thing called B-sides. I made it up. People would ask me, what are you doing? Oh, I'm B-siding something. I was always involved in all these projects, you know, for my whole radio career. I'd be doing things for the radio station. I would do things for for the church, you know, for my own private business. And I'd always be known as the guy that's got something going on. I always got a project going. And when people would ask me, what are you doing? I said, oh, I'm B-siding something. It's just a term or, you know, a little, little name that I used for it. And people would ask me, what is it? I said, oh, it's just radio jargon. Never mind. And I use it as my own personal self-improvement mechanism. Now I've put it into a book. That's awesome. So the B-side for those that are young, if you remember, or those that are old, if you remember, we had, you know, records. Right, right. We had the A-side, right. which is the hit, and right. then you had the B-side. Right. Which were all those really good songs that told the story of the album and the mentality of the artists as they created this whole record. Right. So here's how I got into this. So I'm trapped in this little six by nine radio booth at the radio station, right? There for years and years and years. And I began understanding the difference of the A side and the B side. Now we know the A side was the hit, but the B side was the filler, the throwaway. Who cares? Just throw another song on there. It's not a big deal. But there was actually a real pecking order that the music industry used and a reason why they put those B-sides on there. They were there to be a lure, to lure the public in. And it worked like this. Radio DJ plays the song, you rush out to the record store, and you buy it. You bring it home, you put the needle on the on the vinyl, and you play it 5, 10, 15, 20 times, drive your parents crazy with the same song. But the record industry knew that eventually that listener is going to flip it over and listen to the B-side. If they like the B-side just a little bit, they might be more apt to buy an album or buy several albums, or buy concert tickets, or buy merchandise, or watch their favorite artist or group on American Bandstand or The Ed Sullivan Show, which of course drives advertising because the advertising, it's all part of the food chain. And the food chain started with that B-side lure. Now you have to ask yourself, you know, why um, uh, the one-hit wonder groups, why they never had big concert tours, why they didn't sell a lot of albums, they're only one-hit wonders. Maybe they didn't have a good B-side. Again, if you have a good lure and you say, I like two songs now, I might as well go buy the album. Why would you buy another 45 when you like two songs? If you like two, you're more apt to, to like 10. Absolutely. So it was a lure to get people to buy a product. But along the way, something really interesting happened that nobody, not even the record execs, planned for. These radio DJs, long before myself, were listening to these B-side records off the air, in queue, and saying to themselves, that's a really good song. I think I have an audience for that. Now, back in the days before 
computers, okay, before the internet, things went viral by way of radio. One radio station plays, and the next thing you know, we got 500 stations across the U.S. playing that song, and it's creating a hit. So when uh, a radio DJ listens to, let's say, Unchained Melody, the biggest ballad in recorded music history by the Righteous Brothers, was a B-side. It was never meant to be played. Hung on you was the A side, but radio DJ started listening to this B side because Les Baxter had a hit with it in 1955, right? It was a number one hit. And they were saying, oh, I wonder what the Righteous Brothers version, they would play it off the air. And they realized, oh my gosh, those soaring vocals of Bobby Hatfield are incredible. They made it into a hit. So hundreds of times, not just a couple dozen, hundreds of times, these B-side records became super big hits because radio DJs gave them a second chance. And what I talk to when I talk to big groups and people and even in the book is we all have B-sides in our lives. We have thoughts, ideas, passions, skills, talents, and hobbies, and it's a matter of bringing them out, working on them a little bit more, and reintroducing them to the world because those B-side records that were originally on the flip side of the vinyl, it was a record industry guy sitting at a desk saying, that's just a filler. We'll use it as a lure. Well, how do we then really have help to understand what our B-side is? I think it's a matter of looking deep into, you know, what drives you? What's your passion? I mean, I I talk to businesses and organizations all the time that they have people uh, working for them that they may not even be utilizing all their talents. You know, you might have, uh, you know, someone who's a star athlete and you got them sweeping floors and work at a cash register. Or you might have uh, somebody who works on the National Guard on weekends or somebody who's a retired military and you've got him uh, being the greeter at the front of the store. I mean, these are people that know teamwork. These are people that know discipline. These are people that could be a huge part and a huge asset for your company. And it's a matter of maybe utilizing their talents. But a B-side could be any project you want to get involved in. From a, It could be as simple as a new business card you want to put out, but you're going to put out the best business card in the world. Or it could be a complete redesign of a store. It could be a sidewalk sale or a street celebration. And you're pouring yourself into something, an idea you've always had. And maybe somebody told you, you know what? That would never work in our marketplace. And I tell people, if somebody tells you that, that's the project you want to work on. Because individuality, being unique, creative, avant-garde is what's going to get you farther in business. You don't want to be like everybody else. The more different and unique you can be, the better. Yes, this is Sherry Hill. You're listening to The Sherry Hill Show with guest Larry Williams. We're talking about his latest book, Develop Your B-Sides, which I love that because, well, I'm a Gemini, so you could say I maybe have a dual personality. I've worked very hard to keep it as one. However, most people would never understand that, you know, you look at me, I teach, I business, I'm all this stuff, but I'm over there riding a Harley or I'm going out there on the playa or I'm doing some really interesting things that are developing my B-side. Right. Well, think of it this way. If you have a, let's say you have an employee in that, and let's say you have a storefront, of course you don't hear, but say somebody has a storefront. I tell people to get involved with uh, community action groups or some sort of uh, nonprofit organizations, you know, bring those people into your business. You could be the place that hands out the swag. You can be the place that has the sign up sheets, draw people to your location. And you got to be the voice for these nonprofits that only have an office building, but they don't have a storefront. You need to be their voice. So you might have a guy who's a triathlete, you know, again, working in your store. Wouldn't it be great to utilize that? person and, and have signups where people can sponsor them. You could raise 2000 5000 You have different levels of whatever to get these people to uh, uh, participate. So yeah, like you ride Harley. You know, the, you, you look at all the talents and things that you're using and are you using all them to the fullest in your business? 
Now, I mean, you might not be able to use the Harley, but you might be able to use something that is is based upon um, the idea of your stick-to-itiveness or your long travels or something like that that could be used in your business. I mean, there's all kinds of ways of looking at, you know, what am I not doing? Because the thing about, I, I tell people to think like a rock star. And the way a rock star thinks is they come out with a new song or a new album every nine months or a year but they're not learning a new skill set. So when you hear Bruno Mars or, or Adele singing on a new album, they didn't learn how to sing any differently. They're just coming out with a new interpretation of music. So, you know, th- think of along the lines of uh, coming up with new material. Right. And, and the way you do that, you don't have to learn a new skill set. Just dive back into your bag of tricks and use those thoughts and ideas that you've always had and develop them and get a team together and, you know, work them in your business. Or if there's something that you, like you said, you're really passionate about, but you've put it on the back burner because of life right. that, you know, understanding that. Maybe you do want to focus on it because at some point as you develop that skill, you will be able to use it in life every day. And how mm-hmm. much more fun is that? Right. Exactly. So so that, that, that that's the whole basis of the book is getting people to think like a rock star, think like these musicians. Because our B-sides are not yet developed because we have all these things on our back burner. But in the case of the vinyl record... No less effort went into that B-side than the A-side. A songwriter takes a dozen hours to write a song. They give it to the musicians to work their parts and individual you know, things, and they get together as a group to record it. Then they go into the recording studio where they take 18 hours to lay down a, a three-minute track. All this time and effort, time management went into this song only for one guy sitting at the top of the desk there at the executive level to say, nah, that's a filler. That's only good for a lure. Can you imagine the looks on the faces of the musicians saying, well, thanks a lot. We really worked hard on that. Might be our favorite song. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no less effort went into the B side as the A side. They were developed. Ours are not. We're going to be back after this break. I'm going to continue this conversation with Larry Williams. But first, we're going to hear from my friend Rocket Tom, someone who helps me think outside the globe. This is Rocket Tom challenging you to think outside the globe. Have you ever taken the time to define what the word quality means to you in your business and personal life? Does good quality mean conformance to specifications, goodness, great value, or perhaps it's just minimally acceptable? Does poor quality mean substandard, unreliable, unsafe, of little value, or less than your expectations? You'll continually be disappointed and frustrated if you do not establish standards of quality for your organization. That means quantifying what is unacceptable in products and services, what's minimally acceptable, and what is excellence. These parameters must be quantified, documented, and shared with everyone from employees to suppliers and to customers. If you're manufacturing pharmaceuticals, or performing brain surgery, minimal acceptable quality is 100%, right? If you're manufacturing consumer products, the standards might be safety and life expectancy based on the cost and the value of the product. If you have no such standards of quality, your products and services will continually be inconsistent and customers may become victims instead of highly motivated referrals for you. To learn more about thinking outside the globe, you can find me on the web at rockettom.com. 
This is Larry Williams from LarryPresents.com. Tune in to the Sherry Hill Radio Show right here on 99.1 FM Talk. The best advice is sage advice from the Sherry Hill Radio Show. Thank you, Sherry. Sage International Incorporated fosters the entrepreneurial spirit by first educating our clients. In fact, we wrote the best-selling book, Incorporate and Get Rich, as recommended by Robert Kiyosaki in his bestseller, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. For over 20 years, we've taught thousands of business owners, investors, professionals, and entrepreneurs how to properly structure their business and personal assets to avoid the three flaming arrows of challenge, income taxes, liability exposure, probate and death taxes. Call Sage International Incorporated at 1-800-254-5779 to set up a free 30-minute consultation. That's 1-800-254-5779. Sage International. SunTech Solar Screening adds elegance, comfort, and privacy to your home. 352-9396. SunTech Solar Screens block up to 90% of the sun's heat and glare. SunTech Solar Screening proudly features Pfeiffer Screening products. 352-9396. SunTech Solar Screening combines expert craftsmanship, attention to detail, and state-of-the-art materials to deliver a precision fit of heat-repellent technology. SunTech Solar Screening adds comfort and style to your home all summer long. Call for a free estimate and you'll feel the difference immediately just by holding up the SunTech solar screen. Don't suffer any longer as temperatures soar into the 90s and 100s. 3529396. Senior citizen and military discounts. SunTech solar screens pay for themselves with lower cooling costs all summer long. Make shade while the sun shines. Call SunTech solar screening for a free estimate. 3529396. SunTech solar screening. Hi, this is Peter Padilla, your host at Nevada Real Estate Radio. Our radio show has been on the air for 11 years, and you can listen to all of the podcasts at nevadarealestateradio.com. When you listen to the expert guests that come to talk with us, you'll be better informed, wiser, and ready to go when you want to pull the trigger on a real estate transaction. Buying or selling, it doesn't matter. You need the advice from NevadaRealEstateRadio.com. If you missed any part of today's show and would like to listen to the podcast, please visit SherryHillShow.com. Radio broadcaster, journalist, business expert is how you describe my guest, Larry Williams. In 1995, he met his idol, entertainment legend Dick Clark. What started out as a casual meet and greet turned into a lifelong friendship. He was blessed to serve as Dick Clark's personal DJ, and Larry worked hard at emulating his mentor and sharing the examples of his character and worth work ethic. Soon, his entertainment company and freelance journalism articles were quickly getting noticed by small business entrepreneurs across the nation, which led him to becoming recognized as an expert in small business development. So, Larry, we've been talking about in the last segment, we were talking about B-Sides, which your new book, Develop Your B-Sides, which you relate to the old vinyl record. So how is relating to an old vinyl record still relevant 
today. Thank you. You know, it's 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 one of those things where the the vinyl record, yeah, it's making a comeback, which is a great thing. But the music industry is still using these lures all around us today. We just don't know them as lures, and nobody knows of this methodology or concept because I'm the only one that's talking about. It. I'm, the, I'm the guy that found it quite by accident in my radio broadcast booth. But see, when when the CDs came along. So let's say the vinyl record, which went up to, and it was, vinyl record was the biggest selling product in the history of music. Back in the 80s, it was replaced by the compact disc. And it's by no mistake, they call it a CD single, which was to replace, you know, what the 45 RPM say. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Or if it, if it don't, you know, whatever that saying is, you know, if it's not broke, don't fix it. So basically they call it a CD single to get you to buy the bigger product, which was the CD album. Even though the CD single still held 74 minutes of music, they would pile it on with different types of uh, songs and acoustic versions and live versions to get you to buy that bigger product. The B-side, like I said, at the vinyl record was a lure. They used that same lure when they had the compact disc. Then came music videos. The lure there was visual. You got to see your favorite artist act out things or follow a storyline, get to know their fashions and their personalities. And then from there, uh, we had uh, the greatest hits. Did you ever buy any greatest hits CDs yes. in the 90s, 1990s and right. 2000s? Yes. You know, they occasionally put on a song or two or three you've never heard of before. Right. And you're like, I don't remember that hit. Yeah. Like, Why did they do that to me? I didn't like that. I hated that. Now we know why they did it. That was a lure to introduce the new music to the old fan base. And for somebody hearing that song for the very first time, when they go to get it, they're going to get all those greatest hits from that group. It's a lure. It's a trick. Today's modern day B-side is uh, remixes. So when Bruno Mars or Britney Spears comes out with a with a new song, there might be 10 different remixes of it, all to grab a different demographic, like an indie remix or a techno or a hip-hop remix, to grab that demographic and lure them in to the music of Bruno Mars and Britney Spears. And a modern-day B-side that everybody can relate to is concerts. We love going to concerts. In the old days, we'd buy a concert ticket and hope for the best seat possible. But now they've B-sided it with the VIP experience. So now you can pay a little extra money, sit in the first 10 rows and get a signed program, or spend a little bit more money and sit in the first five rows and maybe get a, a meet and greet with the artist backstage. We couldn't do that years ago. Yeah. So, so they're basically all around us. And if you look at your, like the grocery store, B-side lures, what do you see at the checkout? You see every form of uh, bubble gum and, and breath mints and, and gift cards and magazines known to mankind to make that last minute sale. You go pump your gas. You see the pump topper says, you know, big gulp and a hot dog for $1.99 today to lure you into the store. You know, so you go to the movie theater. There's lures there in the form of um, trailers. You know, the movie you're about to see could really stink. And it doesn't matter. They've already set up the next one to succeed. So these are all lures. And it was a very deliberate attempt by the music industry to lure you in and create a greater fan experience. And I tell people in business that you need to use your lures. You need to use your B-sides to create that greater fan experience for your customers. Awesome. This is Sherry Hill with Larry Williams, my guest today. And we're talking about kind of the concept around his latest book, Develop Your B-Sides. Also, Larry is going to be our presenter at our Win Breakfast this month. And if you want to find out more about all the stuff that he does, watch his TEDx video, etc. Go out to LarryPresents.com. Lures. This is moving into one of my favorite subjects, marketing. Right. 
And so as we've been talking about the industry as a whole, but then you boil it down to the individual to go, we all have B-sides. We all need to be looking at how do we develop, how do we lure people into our business? Is that helping us to be a more credible expert, a more visible expert? Really, I love the idea of individuality. I love the idea of being avant-garde, being really unique and different. This is why I love uh, uh, the Midtown District uh, here in Reno and the uniqueness of it. And you know, you could be a you, you could be a dry cleaner. It doesn't matter what kind of business you're in. You could be a real estate broker. You could be you know just about any kind of business or or you know sort of vocation that you're you're involved in. The idea is to be different. And the more uh, different you are, the more you're going to stand out. And so to, to use those lures of your individuality and be uniquely different is what's going to attract people to you. I mean, we see it in our personal lives as much as we see it in business. So the more unique and we, we all have, you know, different attributes and different traits. And there's nothing worse than, you know, going to a place that's the same old, same old. And I just tell business people all the time, the more unique and different you could be. I mean, really, really different. I mean, outside the box, be crazy different. Be, be. Yeah, but don't, don't people have, sometimes they want to keep their personal life away from their prof, their professional life. And so they don't want to share all of that. Well, you know, that's kind of what, what Lori was saying when, when I sat down with her. I said, well, that's my old radio career. Nobody wants to hear about that. She said, no, everybody wants to hear about that. So it may, it may not work in every single line of work, but I think for the most part that if, if you have uh, individual characteristic or traits or some sort of hobbies or thoughts or ideas that are that are different and unique that you can implement in your business, you know, go for it if you can find a way to make it work. Now, you don't just, you know, throw something out there that, you know, you're a cyclist and, and you have a diner, so you're going to throw a bicycle on the wall and think that that's going to attract people. No, you have to have some purpose to it. But that's where I say get involved with the community. Find nonprofit organizations. I don't care if you're working with a booster club at the high school for the car wash. Find ways to bring people together uh, and bring them to your uh, way of thinking, bring them to your business and, and find the unique things that, that make you shine and uh, well, people, that's, people that's will respond a, yeah. to it. I mean, anymore, the world is becoming more and more transparent mm-hmm. and it's almost a license to let your personality out of the box, yeah. right? Right, right. And, you know, there's always going to be those people that want to shove it back into the box, but <laughs> that's the B side. We're like, no, no, this is who we are and this is what we stand for. But your <laughs> point is use it for the greater good. Absolutely. Have fun with it. Two words. Burning Man. <laughs> I mean, come on, the ultimate self-expression event. Are you kidding? I mean, gosh, why not? Why not Why not flaunt the uniqueness of who you are and what you do as long as it's appropriate, as long as it doesn't and bother legal. anybody? And legal. <laughs> right, right, right. But bring it into your business. Make it fun. You know, you know, making it fun for your employees. You know how much that brings up the morale and, and the team-building aspects of, of your group as well? So it could be a strange idea, a unique idea. It could just be something you've always needed to do for your business, like a like a complete remodel or redesign of your store. It could be anything. It could be as simple, like I said, as a business card to something, you know, really completely unique and different. And people will be attracted to that. People talk about that. And, and, you know, media picks up on it. It's, it's great. It's great to get on social media nowadays and not just talk about your products. 
because that's selling people and people don't want to be sold. You know, so the more you can show them that, you know, you stand for different things, you're, you're, you're with, uh, you know, uh, um, uh, pet adoption or, or whatever nonprofits you're working with or you're, you're sponsoring, you know, a cyclist at your store, you got an employee of the month or something like that. You're, you're showing different aspects of what you do in your store rather than saying, this week we have this on sale. This week we'll have that on sale. Don't just talk about your products. You got to, you know, show your uniqueness. And we see it all the time on social media individually. Why can't we do that with businesses? Larry, we blew through the show. Thank you so much. But check out his books. He's written Customer Service A to Z, Develop Your B-Sides. Also, he's going to be our wind speaker this month. Go to LarryPresents.com. I speak, too. And he speaks. He's dynamic. He's fun. And this has been a great show. Thank you for being here. You are awesome. Thank you so much for having me, Sherry. The Sherry Hill Show values the role we play in supporting the economic engine driving this country. Small business, the backbone of America. Send her a message on Facebook.com slash Sherry Hill Show. And tune in next week, same time, same station, for The Sherry Hill Show. Hi, this is Peter Padilla, your host at Nevada Real Estate Radio. Our radio show has been on the air for 11 years, and you can listen to all of the podcasts at NevadaRealEstateRadio.com. When you listen to the expert guests that come to talk with us, you'll be better informed, wiser, and ready to go when you want to pull the trigger on a real estate transaction. Buying or selling, it doesn't matter. You need the advice from NevadaRealEstateRadio.com. SunTech Solar Screens block up to 90% of the sun's heat and glare. SunTech Solar Screening proudly features Pfeiffer Screening products. Make shade while the sun shines. SunTech Solar Screening 3529396. SunTech Solar Screening.